Hello, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. It is your host, Casey Callan, joined by a repeat guest today, Dr. Michael Smith, who is an academic hospitalist, and he is also the founder of healthcareimprov.com, which we will talk all about. This is a repeat visit to our show, so I'll make sure to link to his first episode in the description of this podcast. So Dr. Smith, welcome back, and just tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Mike Smith. I'm a academic hospitalist at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. I am also a improv performer on nights and weekends at the Backline Theater in Omaha, and I try to blend those two worlds uh, whenever I can. Improv Lessons has helped Dr. Smith become a better communicator with patients with colleagues. And, you know, we explored all of that in that first episode. So again, I can't emphasize it enough. Please check that one out. Um, But just to refresh our memories here, you received improv lessons as a gift. This wasn't something you like actively uh, sought out. So just tell us about that and uh, how it became kind of a significant pivot in your life. Yeah. So I moved back to Omaha about nine and a half years ago. And that Christmas, my wife got me lessons at the Backline Theater. And prior to that, I had no theater experience. I had never said, I'm going to do this one day or just once we get to this stage of life, I'm going to try X, Y, Z. It was totally out of the blue. It it was in keeping with something that I would enjoy. My wife is a very good gift giver and knows me well. Um, And so I was like, "Eh, let's give it a shot. And was very nervous to try it. It was outside my comfort zone, and I had no idea anyone who I was doing with doing it with, and just kind of kept kept it up and kept doing it. And as I would do it, I would implement some of the skills from improv class at work, and it would always receive positive reviews. Um, I think I said this in the first episode, but as I was starting to implement some of the skills in my, at work, my HCAP scores improved more than anyone in my group. And I was very excited. I was like, yeah, look at me. Um, But then I kind of had a moment of panic and realization that I thought I was already excellent at those skills. I thought these are skills that I was already good at. And so I, I think through my training, a lot of those skills that I was excellent at kind of uh, were left atrophy. And so improv, uh, kind of got them back online and was a venue for me to practice them. And so I, I never really told anyone that I did improv. It was kind of a secret from my coworkers, uh, not because I was embarrassed, but more because I, I didn't want to be like the Michael Scott character where it's like, Hey, I'm the funny guy. Um, but slowly, but surely as the benefits from improv helped me at work, I started telling people, hey, I do improv. This is how this has helped me. This is how it's kind of changed my view or my approach to these certain problems and it's really helped me. Um, I reluctantly told people that I uh, I did do improv. And so it wasn't, It's it's not been quite a pivot in my career. It's been, it's slowly been augmenting my career more and more. Um, because at a certain point, I told uh, some coworkers that I was looking to maybe 
explore how improv could be used as a teaching tool to medical students and residents because of all the ways that it's helped me. And then they directed me to the head of faculty development at the time. And she was like, hey, do you want to help us uh, using improv on how faculty can be better public speakers? And at the time, I was a very poor public speaker um, by any metric. <laughs> Um, not just like being hard on myself. I was a very bad public speaker. Uh, and so that was outside of my comfort zone. But it was we talked about from improv, the main uh, teaching point is yes and. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll definitely help you with that. And so it was something called power presentations. And so I helped with that and told them all the ways that improv had helped me understand body language and communicate better using my body and nonverbal cues. And then from that, we came up with workshops uh, on all the ways that improv has helped me as a physician uh, for faculty development. And that was in 2018. And so at those first faculty development workshops, people came and were like, I don't interact with patients. Will this still help me? And of course, I was like, yes, absolutely. And then just kind of made sure that we discussed things relevant to their professional activity. And then it's just kind of gone on from there. And each um, each workshop uh, brought something new. And so I, I keep learn, learning new ideas and new experiences through the uh, improv lessons that we go through with various people who kind of add different nuggets and insights to how the exercises can illuminate areas to improve as physicians and healthcare providers. Well, and speaking of public speaking, uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you back on is to talk about the TEDx Omaha talk that you did, which is you know, te TED talks are kind of the pinnacle of the public speaking thing. You know, it's like this is as you know, important as it gets in, in a in a grand stage here. I mean, so to go from someone who didn't have any confidence in themselves to, to, to delivering, you know, this TEDx Omaha talk. I think that's a huge transition. And I want to ask you about that. So, you know, how did that opportunity come about? How did you go from being this person that basically had no confidence in their uh, public speaking abilities to delivering this, this talk? And uh, I just kind of want to start there because I'm curious um, you know, there might be people that are in your shoes right now, how you used to be, and they don't, aren't confident in themselves. And so I'm just curious how you made that transition. And so it, it's been a stepwise process, but improv has definitely helped guide how I see it. And the steps to improve were all made easier because of practicing improv. As part of that power presentation, first thing I read all about advice to be a better public speaker and a lot of it is uh, thinking of it as a performance and not who you are in that moment. And so viewing a public speaking event as a performance uh, will help it get out of your mind that you are up there being judged. It's you're putting on a performance and any performance is for an audience. And so the focus is really on who you're speaking to and how can you make that as good as possible as uh, most fulfilling for their experience as possible, which when I step out onto the improv stage, that that is what we're doing. We are trying to entertain people. And so kind of that mindset shift away from kind of me focus to 
how do I direct it outwards towards the people that are watching? That's been the biggest, the biggest kind of shift in mindset and practicing improv is actually practicing that as opposed to just, it's very easy to read that or hear that and say, oh, right. Uh, but to actually practice that and feel the benefit of, yeah, I'm going to direct this outward to make this the best possible experience for the people watching. And then uh, for the TEDx uh, aspect of it, their their theme is ideas worth spreading. And so I really felt obligated to uh, do justice to the idea of improv and applied improv uh, and make it something that people want to spread. And so, again, that makes it so much easier that I just have a duty to the idea to help it spread. And I, I think that scales down to just giving a lecture to your team, like understanding why I'm giving this lecture and the importance of spreading it to the people that are, are listening. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. And I know that I was reading about some of the, the fun names and stuff for the, <laughs> the improv shows that, that you do. Um, you know, you have team names like the dad jokes and biscuits and, you know, that all sounds fun. So, you know, how has this experience with improv uh, kind of, you know, contributed to your personal professional growth? It seems like it's a place where you can kind of have fun, let the hair down a little bit. And, uh, you know, in contrast to some of the obviously stressful elements about being in patient care. So just talk to me about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so those, those are my two main teams. And then I'll be a, a part of improv uh, is forming a team and it, I really enjoy coming up with team names or that process. So it is all a very fun, creative uh, process. And the the teams that I'm on now, I've been practice. I've been performing with them for years. And so what I was just talking about this with someone recently performing improv. Uh, you can have someone who's like had one class come out and have one of the funniest shows ever. It can also be painful to watch because it's so unfunny. Um, and I think as people get better and better, more seasoned improvisers, the that kind of window narrows where it could still be really, really funny or it could just be kind of funny. Um, and I, I think mine has narrowed um, significantly from when I started. Uh, but the shows that I do with the teams uh, are once a month. And so it, it's still frequently, but uh, it, it's just an opportunity. And so if I uh, have one of those just okay shows, um, it's kind of disappointing and I really want to make it better. And so it's improv has been a good mix of being happy with, you know, it was an okay show. People laughed and I'm not going to beat myself up about it, but I know I can do better. So it, it's that aspect has really nurtured a growth mindset in me that I I'm very happy with this. There's a I had a ton of fun, uh, but I I want to do this better. I want to grow in this way, and that um, just kind of naturally came about, or I noticed it um, within the past year or so that we always have okay shows where people come up and say, "Hey, that was really fun. Thanks." Um, but I know I can do better. And so I'm both satisfied and not satisfied and kind of looking to grow. And I, I think that approach um, is very helpful at work, 
knowing that I I want to always do better, but I'm not like beating myself up about it. It's uh, kind of developing an inner coach as opposed to an inner critic. Um, the practice of improv does a really good job of nurturing the inner coach. That's that's great. Great point. Um, you know, as an academic hospitalist, I know that teaching is a part of what you do, um, whether it be medical trainees, residents, things like that. Um, do you use some of these improv techniques when you're uh, teaching others? I'm curious about. Yeah, definitely. It, it's um, helped me be a much better teacher on several levels. Um, it's always an interesting conversation point when I tell my team that I perform improv. So kind of lightens the mood. Uh, then there's, I do, I have the team go through improv games uh, in service of becoming better communicators with our patients and kind of these ideas of a growth mindset. And at the beginning of the month, just kind of let them know that uh, there are lots of different ways to improve. And so these are some fun ways to improve. And then just the the idea of experiencing something is better than just me telling them something. And so just the way I go about teaching things, getting the student or learner to experience the um, learning point as opposed to just me directly telling them. And as we talked about in the first uh, episode, the idea of connection first. And so how do I uh, connect with the learner um, and make sure that they're at a point where they can learn uh, the topic that's being discussed? They're, they have hectic schedules as well. The, they still do overnight call. And so if they've been up for 26 hours, that may not be the best time for me to teach about hyponatremia. Uh, and so just the idea of recognizing my scene partner recognizing the learner and connecting with them first um, has gone a long way to make me a better teacher. And then even above that, um, just as I organize the improv programs, um, understanding why people may not sign up for it at this time, but they'll sign up for it that time. And so understanding the realities that all these busy healthcare professionals are dealing with and how can I make the experience able for them to connect to uh, as easily as possible? So it's helped me in a million different ways, but those are kind of the ways that it's uh, immediately come to mind on several different levels. Yeah, and I will encourage everyone listening to today's episode to check out the first episode uh, interview we did together. I would encourage them to check out the TED Talk, and I would also encourage them to visit your website, healthcareimprov.com, and I will provide links to all of those in the description. Uh, any other final thoughts, Dr. Smith, before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, I uh, I had just uh, came across a Kurt Vonnegut quote recently uh, where he talked, he recommended practice and art no matter how well or how badly um, and how you'll get an enormous reward uh, just from doing it. Um, improv, to me, is the easiest um, easiest entry point. Um, but I've also had people who've come to improv workshops who said practicing improv reignited their, uh, love of drawing or writing. Um, and I think all of those things are, are great. I, improv is very well suited to me and it's very enjoyable. Um, but I think 
encouraging people to practice any art um, will make them uh, more empathetic and help them on their path to being the best healthcare professional they can be. And that's what it has been for me. So. All right. Dr. Michael Smith has been our guest, an academic hospitalist and founder of healthcareimprov.com. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Smith. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.